0: get a seat. Did you survive your first day of classes? Did anyone get lost and not make it to one of their classes? Paige? (laughs) <laughs> all right. Um, well, hopefully you guys had a good first day of classes. It is great to be back here with all of you. Uh, I see a lot of new faces. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Jason Mundy, and I am the campus minister and director here at the Christian Student Center. Our mission here is a pretty simple one, If you look on that board. It is to develop a community of students who know, love, and serve Jesus. And so um, that's our mission here, and we we, everything we do is, uh, is geared towards that mission. And so um, hopefully you will find this place to be a home away from home for you. Um, you know, this building that we have is all thanks to um, our sponsored church, Laurel Church of Christ. And so uh, this ministry wouldn't exist without them. And this building is a really huge blessing because it is, a lot of freshmen don't know this, but this building is open from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m every day. And so you can come here, hang out between classes, um, we can get to shoot pool or play ping pong, uh, and just have a community of students that you can be around all the time. And so uh, it's not common for to come in during the day and see people napping or see a group going out, grab lunch, or doing homework at the tables, etc. Um, and so this building is here for you guys. And so it's open from 7am to 11pm every day. And uh, come by and just have a good time. So um, we are starting a series called This or That. And uh, it is a, um, our, our CSE theme for this year is authentic. And it was voted on by the returning students. And so this uh, theme of This or That is really looking at characteristic traits that will help you to become more authentic and more like Jesus. And so uh, that's what this theme is. Um, and so to kind of kick us off for this theme, I do have a game for us. And so I'm gonna call up two of your super leaders, actually your uh, two um, co-presidents with the right here. And so uh, they can come up, let me introduce them for you real quick. Uh, this is Nathan McCurry. He is a junior in uh senior and, <laughs> in business
1: industrial oh. really engineer
0: he also is in the band so he uh, he plays trumpet in the band Trump? yes i got trumpet he plays trumpet in the band so um this is nathan uh say hi to nathan and you really want to get to know nathan he's he's a great guy um this is Josh Hinger and he is a couple of practical presidents and he is a junior, right, junior in <laughs> business. All right, I got that correct. Um, and he is also a great guy. He's from here in Knoxville and uh, and so he knows the town really well, so if you have good questions, you can ask him as well. Um, both of them are really good at spiteful, so if you want to uh, challenge them to spike ball, they would be... Uh, you could probably beat him right now because he has a bomb name, but Ethan uh, <laughs> probably not. So, um, so, yeah, come on Thursday and challenge them to Spike Ball and see if you can best uh, them. So, uh, since they are co presidents why don't you guys grab your chairs and come up right down here? Uh, have you guys ever seen the water wars on uh, Jimmy Fallon? No? Okay. Um, Okay, so essentially the way this game is going to work is, uh, I'm going to ask each of them two questions, and they have, um, and if they get the question right, they get to throw water in the other person's (laughs) face. Um, If they get it wrong, then the other person gets to throw water in their face. So let me prove this. (laughs) All right. So the very first question is. All right, and I looked this up on the internet, so it's not like I just made this up. Uh, What is more popular, what is the more popular flavor of ice cream, vanilla or chocolate? Who wants to taste this? All right, (laughs) Josh, what is more popular, vanilla or chocolate? What flavor of ice cream is more popular? I'm gonna say chocolate. Chocolate. And he would be correct. (laughs) 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, This your question. Okay. So, uh, for coffee, what is more popular, Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Okay. Um, Ooh. <laughs> okay. uh maybe this is your question. Okay. Ooh, how many people identify as Democrat versus Republican? Democrat. All right, last question. Maybe, 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 maybe to get this correct. All right, um, people, this is ages eighteen to thirty five. The people between the ages of eighteen and thirty-five do they prefer summer or do they prefer fall? Summer. They say fall. Oh, All right. (laughs) (laughs) These two <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, maybe you did cheat on that, did you? No, 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 no. Um, all right. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be looking at two stories in the book of Luke today. Um and we're gonna be looking at two stories of uh wealthy men in Luke. And so if you uh if you don't know where Luke is, Luke is the third book of the New Testament, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And if you come across the book of John, you've gone too far. And so uh, Luke is the third gospel, and uh we are looking at two separate stories of wealthy men. And so uh starting with Luke, um chapter 18. Uh, If you grew up in the church, this story may be very familiar with you. It's the story of the rich. And so if you did not grow up in the church, well, maybe this will be a good story. So uh, starting in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? You see, from the very beginning of this interaction, this man, right, is very prideful. And Jesus, he knows that this man is very prideful. And this is evident by his question, right? What can I do to inherit eternal life? You see, this man thinks he can do something to earn eternal life. Um, continuing on verse uh, 19. And Jesus' response to this man is, it is brilliant, right? Uh, let's look at verse 19. Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. only God is truly good. And so Jesus' response to this man, knowing that this man is very prideful and that he thinks he can earn his way to eternal life, his response is, hey, why do you call me good? And Jesus is asking him this question because he wants this man to pause and think. Right? He wants this man to pause and think. Because you see, this man, he called Jesus good. And Jesus says, hey, if I am good, only God is good. And so if you're calling me good, then you must think that I am God. And so Jesus, and his response to this man, is uh, essentially asking this man, hey, do you believe that I am God? Right? Um, continue on. Uh, well, before we do that, right? And and we're going to find out what this man believes when we continue on. And so uh, verses uh 20 where are we? Yeah, 20. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother. Then the man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. You see, back in Jesus' day, uh, rabbis they taught that you weren't responsible to follow the law until you were the age of 13. And so this man, by saying, hey, I have completed, I have followed all of these commandments since I was young, in essence, what he is saying is, hey, since I was 13, I have done all these commandments. Right? I have committed adultery. I haven't murdered. Right? And those are easy. But how prideful is this man to think that he hasn't committed any of these, uh, he hasn't done anything wrong since the age of 13, right? I don't know about you, but uh, I know that when I was 13, right? My dad is at the back. When I was 13, he would tell you that I would, I was not very honored to my mother and father, right? And I don't know many 13-year-olds that are honored to their mother and father all the time. And yet this man, he is claiming that, hey, since he was 13, he has done all of these commandments, right? How prideful do you have to be? All right. Uh, continuing on verse twenty-two. Um, when Jesus heard this, heard his answer, he said, "There is still one thing you haven't done: sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me." But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. You see, the man, he makes his choice right here. Jesus in verse 19 asked him the question, Do you believe that I am God? And the man right here, he makes his choice. He makes his choice by saying, Hey, I don't believe that you are the Son of God. I don't believe that you are God. This is evident by his action. He walks away very sad. You see, because if he truly believed that Jesus was God, he would do whatever it took to follow him. He would sell all of his possessions. He would give everything up to follow God because that is what you do when you realize who Jesus is. I don't know if you guys know the situation of what is going on in Afghanistan right now. for those of you that don't know, right, Afghanistan, there is a uh, a lot of turmoil going on right now. And the church in Afghanistan is going through a lot of persecution. And we are getting reports of Christians that are saying, hey, we fully expect that within the next day, week, two weeks, that we're going to come and see Jesus face to face because we're going to be troubled. You see, that is what you do when you recognize who Jesus is. You're willing to give up everything to go and follow him. But this man, right? This man, he already has a God. Right? This man already has a God, and the God is himself. He is so prideful that he thinks that he can define good and evil for himself, and he doesn't need another guy to tell him what is good. evil. He thinks that he can be good enough. He can earn his own salvation. Continuing on, verses 24. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the field than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> Those who heard this said, Then who in the world can be saved? He replied, What is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, We left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife, or brothers, or parents, or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. What is impossible for people is possible with God. You see, this man, he he thought that, you know, he could earn his own way to salvation, and what he didn't realize was that it is impossible. No matter how good you are, you can follow all of the commandments since you were young, and it is still impossible to be good enough to be in God's presence. It's still impossible to spend eternity with God. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. You see, only through God can we have eternal life and eternal salvation get to spend eternity with this man. He didn't realize this because he was so high that he thought he could earn his own way to salvation. Can you relate to this man? Have you ever thought that you were good enough to earn your own salvation? I know I have. I used to be this man. I used to think that, hey, I am a pretty good person, right? I grew up in the church. I knew what was right and wrong. Hey, I'm doing everything that I know is good. I go to church. I don't lie. I don't drink. I don't don't party. I don't, uh, you know, sleep around. I am a good person. I deserve to go to heaven. I deserve salvation. I used to be this man. I used to be so prideful that I used to think that, "Hey, I can be good enough to earn salvation." You ever thought that for yourself? Growing up, I I had really bad rhythm. Right? Uh, I remember I would like clap at the church during songs. And I would always be clapping off beat, of like everyone would clap, and then I would clap, and it'd be really bad. And my mom had to like help me clap off beat. Of um, now the problem though is that, and I still think I have good rhythm. Uh, the problem though is that I thought I had really good rhythm. Right? Um, in fact, when I when it came time in middle school to choose an instrument, does anyone know what an instrument I chose to play? Yeah, percussion, drum, right? Uh, I chose to play drum because I thought I had perfect rhythm. And, uh, and so I, I chose to play drums, and I thought I was really good. And the first time that I realized that I didn't have very good rhythm and I wasn't very good at once, uh, I started playing drums in the fifth grade. And it wasn't until the very end of sixth grade that, so two years of playing drums, It wasn't until the very end of sixth grade when the band director of the middle school stopped the whole band and stopped practice and said, hey Jason, that is the first time you were on beat the whole song. And I was like, what? I have perfect rhythm, I'm always on beat, right? Um, And in fact, uh, I still think I have really good rhythm. Um, I asked my wife the other day some things that I think I'm good at that I'm really not. And she said uh, two things, she said rapping, (laughs) and uh, dancing, and both of those take rhythm, right? And so, uh, I still think I have really good rhythm, and it's that confidence, that pride, and thinking that I have really good rhythm that has prevented me from taking on instruction and actually becoming good at drums and rapping and dancing. Um, And here's the thing, right? Sometimes we do this with religion, too, don't we? Sometimes we uh, think we've become so good at religion, so good at church, so good at the Christian walk that we don't need to take on the right? We think we're so good at this thing called church and religion that we don't need Jesus. I don't party, I don't get drunk, I go to church, I'm involved in the Christian ministry. I'm not sleeping with my girlfriend. I'm not getting high on weekends I've done all of these things since my youth, and in essence, right, we are like this young man, this virgin ruler. Our pride is getting in the way of us realizing that we can never be good. We can never earn our way into salvation. So if you look just ahead, right? At Luke chapter 19. So if you just skip over a few verses, Luke chapter 19, we come across another wealthy man. And this time the wealthy man, his name is Zacchaeus. All right. Um, And so, you know, you may be familiar with Zacchaeus. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with Zacchaeus, even if they didn't grow up going to church because of that like, song, that BDS song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man see. Um, And so, uh, you know, a lot of people are very familiar with this song, but what a lot of people don't realize is how linked these two stories are between the rich young ruler and Zacchaeus. And so, uh, chapter 19. Verse 1, starting at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. You see, Zacchaeus, he would have been very hated in his community. Uh, he was a tax collector. And so, the, the way tax collectors back then they earned their wealth was they over collected taxes and then just pocketed the Right? So, let's say I owe, uh, or Cole owes um, the, the university. $10 and I am collecting the money for the university. I would come to Cole and I would say, hey, Cole, uh, you actually owe the university $12. So he would give me $12 and then I would get $10 to the university and keep two for myself, right? And that's what the tax collectors did. And everyone knew that tax collectors did this. And so he was well hated in his community, right? You would hate that too, you? Um, But not only that, he was also, probably really ridiculed as well. Um, so he was hated and ridiculed. And one of the reasons why he wouldn't have been ridiculed was because his name, Zacchaeus, is short for Zechariah, which uh, stands for the righteous one. And Zacchaeus was anything but righteous and the whole town knew it. And pair that with his stature of being short, right? Uh, and funny looking and so forth. like. Pair that with um, his stature and his name not being what it should, he was ridiculed and hated in this town. And so as he's trying to get to Jesus, I can just picture it, right? People are stepping in his way, deliberately blocking him from getting to Jesus. Because what would this crook and this criminal want with Jesus? Verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But these people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner they brought him. Back in Jesus' day, going to someone's house was more than just like going to a friend's house. When someone stayed at their house, especially a sinner, it was almost as if they were partaking in the sin themselves. And I find this interesting, right? Because that, that's what Jesus does, right? He goes and he shares our sin and takes on our sin for us. And Zacchaeus, he recognizes this. Um, verse, uh, 30, in verse eight. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Half my wealth to the poor. And if I have cheated people, I'll give back back to them four times as much. Theologians believe that um, by doing this, by giving away half his wealth to the poor and then paying back four times when he has cheated people, he is essentially voluntarily doing what Jesus asked the rich young ruler to do. By giving away half his wealth and paying back four times when he cheated everyone, theologians believe he's giving away everything that he has. He voluntarily does what Jesus asked the rich ruler to do. Verse nine. Jesus responded, "Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost." Zacchaeus, he had the ability to know that no matter what he did, he could earn salvation. He understood that it was only through Jesus that he could be saved. And here's the thing, right? Why Ultimately, will bring you pain, right? Pride brings pain, but humility, humility, it brings you strength and heaven. So who are you? Are you a ruler or are you psychoanist? See, the richest ruler, he thought he could be good enough and, and do the right things and earn his own salvation. But pride, pride got the You see, Zacchaeus, though, he was humble enough and had the humility to realize that it's only by coming to the feet of Jesus that you can earn salvation and treasure. That's so, pride brought the rich ruler, pain, and sadness, while humility brought Zacchaeus, treasures and heaven. So, who are you? The rich ruler, or Zacchaeus? So, as... Uh, we end tonight, right? Um, I think we have a couple more songs, but uh, as I end tonight, I want to invite you right, to uh, maybe you have realized that you are more like the other child Right? Pride has gotten in the way. You thought that you could earn your own way to salvation and eternal life. And if that is you tonight, and you want to Grow off the pride and become more like Zacchaeus, right? And come find it after. I'd love to talk with you about how to make that happen. Um, So, next week, we're going to be looking at everyone's favorite topic, right? Love. And so, we're going to be looking at love and hate and how people love to hate, but Jesus loves to love. So, come back next week as we look at love and hate. Uh, Thank you for being here tonight. And uh, if you are a new student and you haven't, uh, stop by our new student this, We'd love to grab some information for you. And we have a gift for you as well. So um, everyone stand as we sing the next song. Uh, if you have any prayer requests or special needs, our student prayer team will be in the back and they will be happy to pray with you. <laughs> Your name, the land that explains.